0: This week we're joined by Mike Corvishley from Lawrence. We're gonna talk electronics and we're gonna help you figure out what to pick for your next setup. That's a good one. That's a good one. Oh my God, It's a, huh? it's a f- <laughs> tobe, dude. Let's go. I wake up to a little bit of
1: drool on my pillow, feel like it's gonna be a bad day.
0: What's going on, folks? Welcome back to the OneCast. Uh excited to have you here this week. We're joined by Mike Corvishley with uh, Navico Corporation who owns Lowrance. Uh, Mike uh, does sales. He does a bunch of things at shows, uh, a lot of educational stuff. We want to talk to you about electronics. Uh, as always, I have Ben and Trey here with me as well. Um, we're excited to have you back. We're excited to uh, to talk about this. There's a lot of technical questions we're going to ask for sure. I know folks have a lot of questions about cone angles and things like that. So we've got an expert in here to talk about it this week. So we're excited about that. But as always, we're gonna throw that shameless plug in there before we get rolling too far. So if you haven't yet, you want to head over to OneCast Fishing and check out our new snagless jigs. Uh, if you don't want to know how they're snagless, uh, we've designed an EWG hook uh, so you can Texas rig your jigs. We've done away with a weed guard, uh, lets you pull it a little bit better through brush and things like that with no no exposed hook. So head over there and check that out. Use the code the One Cast to save 10%. And uh, if you watched last week, you know that uh, any sales using our code we put back into the show to make it better for y'all. So uh, you'll be helping helping us and helping yourself by saving a couple of bucks. So again, I got Mike Corbishley here to my left. and uh, oh, hey. with Navico Lawrence, he's uh, also an NPFL angler. So we may ask a couple of questions about that as we go through. But we really want to bring to you folks um, some of the technical side of uh, of electronics and and how to help choose and, and uh, some, some of the new tech Lawrence has is pretty exciting that he can talk, talk about some of it. So, uh, yeah. Ben, Trey, anything you all want to add?
1: No, this is, this is very exciting. I think uh, as we talk about electronics here in the future, I think hopefully what we'll get into and what we want to do as an educational piece is that kind of understand the, the, the science behind it and the, how they function rather than just maybe adjusting settings on them because everyone can mess around with some buttons. But if you understand the science and technology behind it, then you can really apply what you're looking at on screen to what's actually in the water. hundred percent.
2: Mike, I just want to thank you for coming to the house.
3: Yeah. So No, I'm awesome. excited. You got me house yeah. mapping now. I really like it. So. <laughs>
2: it's pretty close uh, <laughs> uh, from where you're from, so appreciate you coming down, and yeah. uh, let's dive right into our,
0: it. Yeah, our first yeah. in-studio guest. So, Mike, yeah, if you want to introduce yourself and maybe... Uh, give a little background, what you do, and uh, and then we'll uh, we'll go ahead and start talking some electronics.
3: Absolutely, sure. So I can hear myself talking, so it's kind of freaking me out a little bit. So, <laughs> no, uh, man, I've uh, a <clears throat> so I actually so I work full time for for Navico for Lawrence, like you said, uh, it's a Navico Group now. We got bought out by Brunswick last year, but um, essentially, how I got into the, all that and kind of without giving you my whole life story, I. Uh, I grew up in Raleigh and, um, went to ECU for college. And so I got into, got into college fishing, you know, I mean, I actually, my senior year, I started a, I started a fishing club at Wakefield, Wakefield high school, it, over towards, uh, Raleigh, Wake forest area. And, um, and you know, I, that kind of got me into tournament fishing a lot more, right? Like Piedmont bass classics. Then they used to have a, uh, uh they used to have a youth trail. Okay. And, um, and there was like five of us that fished it, right? So I fished out like this little John boat and whatever else. And the first tournament I fished was on Kerr, and we won it with, I caught a four-pounder on a beetle spin. Mm, that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> that's, oh, that's when, uh, but that's when there was like a 16-inch limit, right? And so nobody could, you know, seem to catch keepers. It was a weird, tough time for the lake or whatever else. Now it's fishing really good, but... Anyway, I, I got, I really got hooked. Like I, I really got into tournament fishing, just competitive side of it. I was never good at ball sports. Like you don't want me on your baseball team. You don't <laughs> want me on your soccer team, like football, like I, I, I'm, I'm not cut out for it. Right. But, um, but outside of that, man, yeah, we, uh, I always loved outdoors, like hunting, fishing, whatever else. And, um, so anyways, fell in love with, uh, with the tournament side of it, went into college fishing at ECU and uh we traveled all over the country and i was like i was like 100 percent like this is what i'm doing like i'm not doing anything else i'm fishing the rest of my life you know like i'm gonna figure out how to become a professional angler and uh then you graduate and you're like man i gotta pay bills <laughs> 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 so uh i i, I kind of like i worked as a it recruiter for like six months and i really liked the people there and like what I did at all and like um, I ended up uh, I was going to I went down to the Forcewood Cup and um, you know throughout college I kind of you you run into the same people over and over right like mm-hmm. just like we do at all these shows and so I, I met, a, met a guy Mark Sullivan um, you know when I was in college and they, they brought me on their pro staff uh, Lawrence did when I was in school and so I would still work – I would, like, work work events for them on weekends and stuff like that, and that was how I was paying my way to get to tournaments, you know, so – So
0: just before we go too far, when like, what year, roughly, are we talking when you graduated? 20, yeah. um,
3: so this was – I mean, Is I, this I graduated per- in 2016.
0: So. Okay, so was social media a big, like, driving factor with pro staffs? No. Okay, so I talked I mean, about this a little bit on an, on an yes, episode. yeah where you you did more like shows and things like that as a pro as a pro staff member you know back in the day before social media became what it did but i'm sorry i just i was just curious when that kind of fell but yeah
3: but i mean but i've never been like a a social media fanatic you know what i mean like yes like pro staff stuff all out of that it's like really it's really important right it's 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 crucial right now more than anything but like videos and it's kind of evolving but um but yeah no I've, i've most of, like, in my sponsorships and, and what I do, a lot of it's all, like, it's all relationship built, and, and I sell a lot of product through word of mouth and stuff like that, right? So... Uh, I mean, I do have a social media presence, but it, it, I'm not Brandon Paul in it. Right. You know, by any means. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of really impressive people out there. I mean,
1: that's what we talked about with that the topic was sponsorship versus pro staff, and, and how do you transition from like pro staff to sponsorship? And right. Right. One of the points we brought up is that it you don't have to have massive social media presence. There's other ways you can do it, and, and show show work is a, a big one. And from a as you know, we we go to the shows and we have our booths there. It's a lot of work, a lot of long days. And just mm-hmm. having an extra help mm-hmm. uh, is, is, is I mean, that's huge value added for that particular company. So. And I
0: think this is yeah. great for anybody listening because we talked about uh, what will be the episode before this. And we talked about sponsorship first pro staff. We said, you know, working hard as a pro staff member going to shows and doing those things could potentially turn into employment. It sounds like that's the yeah. road we're going to hear with Mike. 100%. So the other thing that we want to talk about with the show is non non-fishing ways to get into the industry so we're going to bring you a, a little bit of that today too because obviously mm-hmm. you know mike figured out that uh not everybody can just jump in a boat and go fishing when you have bills and things like that yeah and uh that, i think that's a struggle we all have but mm-hmm. so you you know you got you were on the pro staff working some shows yeah. and you went to forest wood cup
3: yeah so i so i was working at working a, tr- a true eight to five i mean you know, stay longer, whatever else. But like, you know, I was behind the desk every day, right? And it was like, you know, you get a, hey, you get a week and a half off a year. And I mean, I, I hardly fished. And um, essentially, uh, I went down the forcewood Cup, got uh i was like hey you know i, I want to <laughs> when are y'all gonna hire me <laughs> <laughs> here's <laughs> my resume yeah i really i really want to work for you guys you know i'm really pa- i've always been really passionate about the product like lawrence is it's it's all it's such a phenomenal product like the, their whole the whole product line i say there's like hour but i mean it it's, it's such great people it's great product and um, you know the people who build it are all fishermen themselves, and a lot of people within the company. So they've been really supportive of that. And anyways, I, I ended up. Mark was like, "Well, I have a job in Florida, but you're gonna be the youngest guy in the position by like 15 years." And I was like, "Okay, sign me up." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I'm not scared of your challenge, right? So we went through the whole interview process, and I, I honestly didn't think I got the job. Like, I, I mean, I felt good about it, but. It, the you know budget things whatever else. Well, six months later, they're like, "Can you be in Florida in two weeks?" I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, I ended up moving down there, and I called on you know. So that's when I started. And that was the 2017, early 2017. Okay. And I, uh,
2: so ahead. Just so yeah. as you are in ECU, yeah. Pirates, right? Right. Are yeah. uh They have awesome football games, by the way. So you're you're in college. You have an information technology degree. Is no, that what it is?
3: Marketing. A marketing uh, degree? Yeah, marketing.
2: So in your mind, as you were going through college and you're like, I just want to be a professional fisherman, yep. right? And you're fishing collegiately. Mm-hmm. Was there any point in your mind where you're like, I'm going to have to go work for one of these companies though in order to do that?
3: You know, my my parents are very driven, right? Like it's super driven. Like my, my mom is outrageously driven. Like she's always been like... A, like if you were to define like a, I don't even know the word I'm looking for. She She's she's really good at what she does and everything she does. And she works in sales, right? She's, mm-hmm. She never knew anything different than like working her ass off, basically. Yeah. Sorry for the language. I'm no, you're good. Good, you're good. But yeah, so I mean, that's, that's kind of, I grew up like watching that drive. And my dad always worked for himself. And he, you know, always made money that way. And it was, it, I mean, between the both of them, you know, I learned a lot from that. And so I always thought like, yeah, I'm going to be working to some form of extent. Right. But it's just a matter of like, how are you going to make money to make it happen? And she, um, you know, so my mom was, was like super against me, ironically, moving down to Florida. Mm. I mean, just being a mother in general, but she was like, Oh, you have a great job, you know, you're working in sales, whatever else. And, um, but anyway, you know, long story short, um, I don't even know where I was going with this. <laughs> Long story short, yeah. So yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. moved to Florida. And- yeah, I mean, it, I, I definitely, I, I always knew I was going to be working in some form or okay. fashion. In the industry. Well, I mean, that's, it turned out that way, right? Like, I mean, when I first graduated, I had a guy who said he was going to sponsor me and he was, gonna pay for all my opens entry fees and then like two weeks before i'm supposed to sign up was like oh we can't do it so mm-hmm. you know it's mm-hmm. yeah so then it's like so your
0: reality struck you in the face right. hard there yeah. which is
3: what happens to a lot of guys oh yeah i mean it, it's not easy to come up with money to go fishing no. like it's yeah. just not like it, so it's it, it's it's 90 of people are in this situation where it's like i work too much i don't have time to, to, to go fishing or the people that are i mean don't get me wrong there's dude there's so many good fishermen who maybe don't make very much money at all that just enough to live. That's a lot of guys who live in a double wide or single wide or whatever mm-hmm. else, but have a brand new boat and truck because that's where their priority is. And I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's all about really where you want to, you know, where you want to be. The thing is, is if you go that route, then you don't have the money to, to spend to kind of chase the, chase the dream, so to speak, unless if you have some magical, company or friend or whatever else who's like, Hey, I want to see you take a shot at this. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's where, that's where people end up. But anyway, I I moved down to Florida and I ended up, what what
0: was that first role you were in? Can you,
3: uh, yeah, I was a, I was a territory manager. So I was calling on all the, all the boat dealers in uh, in Northern Florida. And,
0: um, so you had two weeks to up and move to Florida, been in Raleigh your whole life, went to school here.
3: Yep. Yeah. And, and, Man, it was really good for me. Like it, it, was like it's amazing what you learn when you're alone by yourself for the first time.
0: Mm-hmm. Type of thing.
3: And I'm sure you. I got to
2: do my own laundry. Yeah, yeah,
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> Wait,
3: you gotta, I got to iron my
2: shirt. And that's, so. that's funny
0: because <laughs> no, I've always said like, <laughs> if if you're a movie fan and you've watched Step Brothers. When yeah. Will Farrell mm-hmm. walks out of the store with the toilet paper, <laughs> and he, that's what it's like when you first go out on your own and you start realizing all the little things that somebody else took care of. Yeah. And those little things are victory. So I totally get what you're saying. Like, yeah. You grow up super fast, especially yeah. being as far away you know, from home as you were. You know, mm-hmm. depending on where you were in Florida, eight plus hours. Jacksonville.
3: I mean, it's six and a
0: half. Six is. and a
2: half. At least, if you found yourself homeless, it was going to be in Florida, right? Right. Yeah, so no, you can yeah.
0: survive. <laughs> yeah. I mean, man. nothing
2: against anyone that's homeless in Florida, but I mean, if there's a place to be homeless, it's Florida. Yeah, at least you got some decent. Money. So
0: twenty <laughs> so seventeen, Florida, you get you get your break in with Lawrence. And yeah. what was that like?
3: Man, uh, I didn't really. Uh, again, I didn't really fish much for the first year. Like in college, like, man, it was, it was get schoolwork done. I I, I think I slept like in an average week in college, probably like, I don't know, 12 hours. Like I was Mm -hmm. sleeping like three hours a night, just like drinking like nine coffees a day. and, And I would, you know, it was get up, go fishing or hunting or whatever else. And then it was go to class and I would strategically schedule my classes to where I didn't have like Friday classes and like towards the senior year you could get real Mm -hmm. specific with it where it was like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday classes and you might have like 9 p.m. classes and crazy hours but like I I scheduled it to where I could go fishing every weekend or whatever else and so I was always we were always wherever so I fished really hard and then you know I kind of just like stopped with the work thing right I mean you really got to get your wheels under you and whatever else and so Um, but no, I was really blessed, man. Like it, it, it's, uh, it's been a, it's been an awesome ride, right? Like I was calling all the boat dealers and I was traveling a lot, uh, probably on the road two to three weeks. Okay. And you
0: were Northern Florida was your territory. Yeah, Yeah,
3: And then we're working boat shows. So, I mean, it was like 15 days, 20 days where you're not sleeping in your own bed half the time. And then you're, you're basically in a situation where you're in a new place Hard to make friends mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. right? But yep. but I did meet some great people down there, like through through work and through fishing, which is what we love to do. Right. So, so you,
1: you spent a uh, you know you, you got rolled up there for the ranch. You're working all the time. Yep. When when did it change? When were you able to get back on the water consistently, where you could actually focus on the actual dream you had? Because it sounds like everything yeah. else is it just a a means to get there. Hundred
3: mm-hmm. percent. Like it all got put on hold, and I and. Uh, Man, so I started. So I started calling on some boat builders uh, about a year in, and uh, I didn't have. A, I didn't even have a boat like for the first six months I was down there, and um, and Blazer, I was I was in there and was like, uh, you know, Keith Crafts, I was in there like every month, and he was like, man, when are we gonna put you in a real boat? I said, man, let's figure it <laughs> out. <huh?" laughs> I don't know. You, you tell know? me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, and uh, and man, that was the first time that week that was the first time i ever went over 80 miles an hour in a bass boat and i didn't realize that you know i had a ranger before that and that it was um And uh, I'd never been over 70 miles an hour. Well, that's the first time I realized when you let off the gas, when you're going 86 miles an hour, that somebody in the passenger seat hits the console. (laughs) 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 Can you come off the gas
2: too hard? And there's no airbags. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
3: (laughs) No, uh, man, it it was pretty funny, but, um, well now it's funny, but (laughs) long story short, I I figured out how to drive a faster boat and, um, and I absolutely loved it. Um, and, that's I'm making a little change this year. We can get into that, but um yeah, ended up uh so I, I I've, I've I've kind of built that relationship, and then I started I signed up for a division of the Toyota Series right that next year and started traveling fishing some Florida tournaments, Okeechobee, uh, Seminole, St. Johns, or wherever they were at, mm-hmm. um and I realized like it was weird because I was used to being in the check line like my senior junior senior year of college like the guys I fished with like Zach Blaylock and. Uh, a couple of the guys that we fish with man like we were we would go on like strings of top tens or if we were fishing around the house you know we would get a check or whatever else and then i like i mean i only fished three weeks that year still i mean it's still still caught up with a lot of work stuff i fished like three weeks and the only weeks i really fished were those tournaments outside of like a a weekend here or Mm -hmm. there right and i got my (laughs) i got my ass kicked yeah <laughs> <laughs> and um, and you're just it's just so you know it's crazy because yeah. you're like this is not what i'm used to mm-hmm. and you're, you you've got to be in the like you've got to be mentally there yeah. and so when you can kind of get your your work situation squared away and i've built up you know and i ended up moving back home and uh back to north carolina
0: that came with a a job change too yeah a
3: job change yeah and then i started calling on all the on all the boat manufacturers the the bass boat side more specifically right and um and uh yeah it it so it you know again it's like you're starting a new job and things were tough and i had another kind of tough year on the toyota series and that next year i was like i'm gonna kind of take a step back here and i'm gonna fish uh the aba top 150 solos which was mm -hmm. the first year and that was 2021 i mean well no the year before that I think, yeah, I fished a bunch around the house or whatever else. And we did well, but, um, but I wanted to travel and fish again. Right. And then fish like top ABA, top one hundred and fifty solos. And I got second in angler of the year out of 150 in that. That's awesome. Um, yeah, man, I got, I got paid in all of them. It was a great, great year. But I felt like, I felt like I was back in tune with what mm-hmm. I was doing. You know what I mean? Like, it do, was you, weird. do you
2: think a lot of that was because you were back in a, in a setting that you were used to, like being back so. in North Carolina and stuff like that?
3: Yeah, I, I think so. Cause man, you're, you know, like I can go, like, there's a lot of different things we can fish around here. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot yeah. of different places, a lot of different type environments, whatever else. And if you're like, Hey, you know, Florida fishes like Florida, this is mm-hmm. Florida fish. <laughs> yeah. It. It's different. And, um, and you know, like I was like, Hey, you know, I'm going to, going to you or whatever. And you're like, well, that's uh, probably going to be fishing brush piles. Like, I can, uh, I love fishing brush piles, I and mean, then you can kind of focus on yeah. it around the house or whatever else. And yeah, but I definitely felt back more in my element. And then, you know, you mix in some local tournaments here and there, some mm-hmm. Thursday Nighters, whatever else. Like, even if you're not getting to fish a ton, if I mean, it's dude, I'm 15 minutes from the lake. So if I like in the summertime, like historically, I've always fished a lot in the summertime because, mm-hmm. man, if I, if I can close my computer at five o'clock, I can be on the lake and I'll go fish until nine 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 o'clock and I'll do it every night. I can do it. Mm -hmm. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like if I, if I have the ability,
1: there's something to be said, you know, when you got back up here and it sounds like you're on the water a whole lot more. I I think that's a big part of it. I just noticed now, since I don't get to fish nearly as much that I need to go a couple times consistently in a short period to kind of get back in the groove to, to figure out what's going on in the water and stay with them. But trying to go cold, you know months apart it takes a little time to get back in the groove
3: yeah and even if you go to a different lake too right mm-hmm. because like you can go like let's say you're let's say you're fishing a decent mountain or, or even if you're fishing every weekend it makes a big difference like if you're going yeah. like every saturday you're kind of in tune with what stages the fish are in that's right you know what i mean so it's like it's like hey even if i was on falls you know saturday and then i went to jordan on sunday and you're like okay there are maybe a little further behind or whatever else and then you went back to falls the following saturday you'd be like all right they were on the beds we had a week of warm weather they should be right here whatever else or they were close to it now they're on it or they're hey they were wrapping up the spawn it was that post spawn funk like i'm gonna start looking Mm -hmm. you know shad spawn or offshore or whatever else right so then you kind of like stay in touch with the fish and if you can kind of fish those strengths and it it's amazing it's amazing like the biggest thing I think I learned is like traveling fish in the past few years is like, stop trying to do what the locals do. Like you can read so much on that stuff and be like, Oh, these guys always catch them on a finesse jig at this lake. And then you go there and you're like, I've never caught a pass. Yeah. <laughs> I today. say it all the time. Like you can't catch another man's fish.
0: Yeah, You've got to do, you've got to do what, what works for you. And, and if that's on another lake, you know, learning how it works there is is what it is. And uh, yeah, I think that's a, a good spot to, to take a quick break.
3: So I also fished, I think, like 17 tournaments at home that year, mm. right? But what people don't see, people are like, I'm like, how do you do that and work and whatever else, right? Well, the deal was is that, again, I was just... Like, I think I fished like 10 in the summertime, you know what I mean? Because, I mean, what I would do is... I mean, you'll, I'll go out and I'll go idle for three hours. Like, even if I don't fish, like if I... Let's say, let's say, like, COVID was awesome for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like I know COVID was really tough on a lot of people. Like, don't get me wrong. Like I know people like lost people from it, whatever else. Like, but I mean, and I don't mean to downplay that, but like from a standpoint of like, Hey, I'm behind my computer a time. You can do a lot more virtually. It's amazing how much you save of like time. I mean, I was in 2020, I was on 120 flights and did 120 hotel nights. So you look at that and then you go to, to like 40, Yeah. And the amount of time that you don't spend on airplanes and you don't spend in hotels. Yeah. So like when I'm traveling, like, yeah, it's great. Like you're in meetings and stuff like that. Well, man, you're going from, you're, you're in these meetings and then, you know, from 5 p.m. on when the builders closed, you're sitting there sending emails and you're just like sitting around in a hotel room or you go out and have a beer or whatever else, dinner. But I mean, when you're at the house, like I, it was just amazing. Like how much time Mm. it frees up, you know what I mean? So Um, and it's, it's still super important to see people in person like that. But man, I was like, oh my gosh. So, you know, you just, I would just went to the lake after work every day. I mean, and go, go graph. Like if I got to get, get to the lake for like three hours in the evening, I would go graph for three hours and I would make five casts and I would do that again the next day. And I would do that again the next day. And I would do that again the next day. And then we'd go fish a tournament on a Saturday where I hadn't hardly casted at anything, but I've seen every school in the lake. So I yeah. know which one is bigger. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so. That's awesome. So
0: that was 2019, the ABA.
3: Uh, I think it was 2020 or twenty twenty or 2021.
0: Was it? Like that. So yeah. it was during COVID. During if it was COVID, I think, yeah. I 2020, I you think? Yeah. And then, so you fished the, the 150, yeah. uh, second and angler of the year there. And then yeah. you made an even bigger leap kind of into yeah. professional – World would have been twenty two.
3: Yeah, it was the last twenty two. Yeah.
0: So, for those of you that don't know, Mike uh, fishes with the NPFL. We've talked about it on on previous episodes. We're going to continue to talk about it because we uh we really like what the league's doing. But yeah, um, kind of talk to us about that transition.
3: Yeah. So so as I got into that, like it was funny. I was I was planning on. I didn't know what I was going to fish for 22. Like I had no idea what I was going to fish. Um, I was just going to fish local stuff, honestly, because my, my schedule, <laughs> my brother had his wedding scheduled in the middle of every tournament. It mm. seemed like, <laughs> no, so <laughs> it conflicted. How many weddings
1: did he
2: have?
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Just one>.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> Record divorce. <laughs> yeah. We'll get into that. Annulling.
0: It didn't end up happening, but long story short. Oh, <laughs> oh sorry matt um (laughs) yeah Yeah, sorry matt we don't mean Uh, to bring that up it's a good thing
3: (laughs) usually is yeah better sooner than later anyway (laughs) so no no i love him to death but uh anyways uh yeah so i i I didn't know i was gonna fish and and trent palmer called me and was like you know we had jesse wise and jeff hodges Mm -hmm. fishing there from around the house and um you know i knew patrick signed up and trance like when you why don't you just come fish the mpfl i was like dude i can't take six weeks off like he's like let me just do what i'm doing and you know work from the phone and get on every meeting and then send emails at night and then you know we have an off day and then you get take off the tournament days i was like let me see how that'll work yeah you know and and it actually worked out really well like the schedule because it's so spread out Yeah. Yeah. So, and I'm a data guy and I'm like, dude, you're crazy. I'm like, I don't have, it was like January. I was talking to Jason Holland at the East Tennessee show Mm -hmm. and I wasn't even signed up. And that's in the middle of January. Right. Right. You know, Jason Holland cash. And I'm like sitting there talking about it. And I was like, man, I wonder, I think I can make this work. Like I talked to, talked to my boss and whatever else. And anyways, um, long story short, I'm like, I'm a data guy and I'm sitting there like, so I, I keep track of all my finishes time of year everything, on like an Excel spreadsheet, right? So I kind of know, you know, when my strengths are and when I catch them on and whatever else. And it's really funny because you can go back and like look, you just almost call your shots of like, you catch stuff on like almost the same dates and like, you can see like the time of years or whatever. So, so like, I'm looking at the schedule and I'm like, okay, so I cash a check 80% of the time in the summer tournaments, in summer tournaments, right? Like May through, July August is like the how it's been for me the past few years, and then springtime I'm like fifty percent, and I'm looking at the schedule, and then the fall I'm like seventy or eighty, you know what I mean? So it's kind of like the way that it worked out was was like okay, so if I can just and and then travel tournaments like the year before I cashed one in every tournament, Toyotas I didn't, but you right, know, yeah. I mean I was looking at it and I'm like okay, so if I can cash a check in. Half of the events basically, are get like a, get a check, like a decent check. And, and three out of the six events, I'm getting my entry fees back. So I'm like looking at it from that standpoint. And then it's like, okay, can I come up with some sponsor money to cover the rest and whatever else? But that's the way I looked at it. And so I was like, let me see if I can go into this. And I felt pretty good about that. And, uh, That's exactly
2: what I did. I That's that's, that's the (laughs) most (laughs) analytical I've ever heard anyone break it down. It's like, all right, this is based on like trends, right? That's pretty cool that you were able to do that. And you were right on. You had the confidence in it. Yeah. Because
1: I I, I looked it up again the day you were 27th, right? Yeah, something like that. Which for those listening, like, I think that's pretty doggone good because there's over 100 anglers in each event. Mm -hmm. And so you're, you're, you're in the top 25%. Yeah. Right on average across the entire season. And there's some, there's some hammers over there too. And in, oh, in the NPFL, so yep. that is, that's very exciting. And, and now this year, um, hopefully, you know, we'll climb that, you'll climb that AOI rank a little more, but what events are you looking forward to this year?
3: Ooh, um, the schedule sets up really well for shallow guys this year. I'm not going to lie. And, and I'm it's like historically an offshore fisherman, right? Mm-hmm. Like, okay. Like, and I, I and, and the thing about last year was I felt like I was actually, when I looked at it, like look back after every event, like I, I had potential like fish on and like everybody loses fish, but like I had the fish on to get a top 10 in every tournament, but Saginaw Bay, Saginaw Bay, I was so lost. It wasn't even funny. I finished <laughs> like 90 something place and that's what killed me in AOI. Yeah, but, yeah. but man, like I, for next year I was looking at it and I'm like, I mean, I, I really, I really the schedule. It's a lot of travel, but. I don't know. You know, I think, like, I'm really looking forward to um, to Pickwick. I've been to Pickwick six or seven times now. I know the lake really well. I probably have more idle hours there than almost any lake in the country other than falls. Hmm. Um, I've probably spent, just because we went there for college. so Oh, you know yeah. I mean? yeah. So we'd have, like, four or five days of practice. So I'd spend, like, 40 hours idling. Fishing in the summertime term. Do you
1: save all your waypoints? You, you oh, got SD cards? I, and... I got 800
3: waypoints. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. awesome. And I get waypoint happy too. so yeah. <laughs> Every rock,
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> every shell bed, every brush pile. <laughs> I am the same way. If you look at my graph for the little lake I live on, there's dots everywhere. And oh, yeah. I got to ignore it. Takes it now. six
2: hours to start the graph up. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah.
3: No, I actually, so what I do, I'll, I'll plug my Lorance stuff here, but. What I actually do is, um, I export every single lake or, or region. Like it depends on how many waypoints I really have in that region. Like I've got like 9,000 at the house, like waypoints. Right. So it's, I don't know, I kind of like slim it down to in North Carolina. So I slim it down to like, you know, Jordan falls or whatever else. Right. And then I got Kerr and then I got, you know, I mean like South Carolina lakes and then I, I started to break it down by lake by lake by lake because the more time you spend on these places. So I keep my uh, – so like for, for Tennessee River, like I've got – you can export by region and you can kind of – you can go to pages, waypoints, and you can um, – I think if, if I'm saying this right, it might be under storage. But anyways, you, you go to export it and um, you can export it by lake and uh so that's what i did and i just save each one like chickamauga 2019 pickwick 2020 whatever else right so i have stuff all the way back through college and then all on like an sd card or on a usb drive so you you might have a thousand waypoints on that lake but man your your graph is going to run at a hundred percent speed and, and the, the Laurentian just can hold a thousand or ten thousand waypoints but when you start to get up there to Ten thousand. I mean, your graph is yeah. just going to be that takes slow.
0: some time to load.
3: Yeah, yeah, and and it's faster than our competitors even at that rate. But I'm telling you, when you put when you, you know, it it just keeps you a lot more organized. Yeah, you know,
2: that's cool. So so you go from you go from North Carolina to Florida, Florida back to North Carolina. You jump in some local stuff. Now you're fishing mm-hmm. at the national level. Yeah. you're still working for for Lawrence. Yep, how much how much more do you use your electronics now that you have a limited practice period and stuff like that? How, how do you rely on those compared to back in the day?
3: Oh man, it, it's such a big part of what I do. Like, and that, and I use that to my advantage, right? Like I know what I'm looking at on that graph better than 99% of the people out there. Okay. And that's, that's where you can play that into your, into your strengths. And, and, and the thing is, is that if you ever, especially if you ever have like an issue on the water, like, let's say you have a graph that's acting up or something silly that might keep somebody from catching bass that day. You know what I mean? Like people who don't know their graphs that well. Like there's guys who are phenomenal fishermen, but they don't know how to hardly read their sonar. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, or, or let's say they do, but like they have a some sort of small issue. I, I don't know. You know, anyways. But um, yeah, man, that that's 100%. Plays into what i do like if i can catch them off of the bank like i'll tell you right now when we go to pickwick like i won't i won't make a cast to the bank like i i will look at my graphs and i i mean i'll fish don't get me wrong you'll have to put the troll motor down and fish hard and whatever else but like now with like active target we got Active target two and i have several on my boat but we'll have um active target two and you know our new active imaging hd and stuff like that and the clarity is so unreal. So like even when you're on the trolling motor looking for shallow fish or whatever else you can find them and I'll be doing some graphing, um, looking for current breaks, whatever else. But like, that is what I'm going to do. And I will spend my entire practice. I I promise you I'll put 25 hours and three days of practice on my new boat.
0: Yeah. That was going to be my next question. You know, you go to, to a a national level, the stakes are higher. Stress is higher. Entry fees, payouts, everything, you know, how much time do you spend graphing in practice? It sounds like you spend
3: all of All it. the time. 80%. 80%? Yeah. <laughs> daylight to dark. If I, I'm fishing daylight to dark in practice, right? And I might be on conference calls and all that stuff right. on my phone, you know, and it's
0: funny But you can even. still
1: graph while you do that.
3: Oh, yeah. And, and, um, <laughs> and it's funny, man. And so I'll be like, I'll be.
1: Uh, sorry i'm just thinking you gotta put that green screen behind you right so when you, <laughs> oh like the guy no, yeah like, yeah, yeah, you, yeah you could be driving there idling looking at <laughs> the screen you get your zoom up or your facetime and like no one knows you're on the water
3: <laughs> it's funny like i i i don't i don't take advantage of the system right like my 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 boss knows our like people from our company like the, their marketing department supports me like the, my boss and his boss and everybody like, you know, they, they're really, they're really supportive. And so, and I'm not hiding anything. I'm like, Hey, I'm going to be fishing this week, but I'll be, I'll be on the calls and whatever else. And every now and then you got to sit down and take care of stuff. But I mean, honestly, like, dude, it's pretty funny. Like when I was down there in Florida, I was catching fish punching, right? Like that's Mm -hmm. all I did down there. Um, I mean, I fish shell bars a bunch, but Again, I punched for like an hour in practice, and that's the only way I got bit. So that's what I did the whole tournament. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, so um, anyway, I'm like punching, and like a piece of grass comes off of my comes off of my weight, and it hit my phone, and I didn't notice, and I kept punching. We're was on just conference <laughs> calling. <laughs> my boss is like, "How's the fishing?
2: Like, <laughs> what are you talking about?"
3: I'm like, oh, my bad. So
1: so that day you're uh, punching, yeah. but it sounds like you're you're mostly an offshore guy. Yeah. When do you make the decision to like with the conditions what do you what are you seeing in your graph to make you say I can't be I have to go to the bank if you spend that much time like
3: offshore looking and you're not seeing like groups of fish or schools or something that gets you excited like in the summertime like man sometimes you might go seven hours and it might be an area of the lake thing and then it's like you find school 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 right in like the next hour but outside of that like if you don't put in the time doing it, you won't find anything. Well, you might go a whole day where you don't find anything, or you might find, you might find, you might find the winning spot, but you, if you don't know what's there, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean like, and, and that's where, that's where like, you know, there's tactics that play into it. Cause I try not to stand up on what I think is the best looking stuff, but that doesn't mean those fish are going to bite. Right. Like, like sometimes, sometimes that's timing or you know mm-hmm. current related, or sometimes it's. Um, I mean, like you could see, you could see just an absolute wad and be like, "There's thirty pounds down there." But if they're not pulling current during tournament day, it could be worth twelve. Yeah. So you know,
2: you you talked about something really interesting. You you said. There's a lot of guys that go out on the lake that are fantastic fishermen, but they yeah. don't know how to use their electronics. And sometimes that can even like help them lose a tournament, right? They just yeah. don't know their electronics. So for the viewers and the listeners, for the educational purposes, what is your best piece of advice that you can give somebody that uses Lurantz products to just get better at them? Is it just use it or yeah, yeah. is there anything you recommend?
3: I mean, in all honesty, like a lot of people – do not realize the importance of just time behind the wheel. Yep, okay. And and, and I say time behind the wheel, I mean, that could mean tr- apply to your trolling motor as well, right? But, mm-hmm. but like you need to go to places that you have confidence in fishing, right? Like places is like, hey, I can go catch a really good bag over here I have before and understand, look at your graph and study what that is and why it's good. Try to figure out what makes it tick, like what makes it such a great feature that you're catching fish off of whether it's a brush pile a rock pile a shell bed anything right like it doesn't matter if you can understand why it's a good feature and then you can kind of take that and go other places in the lake and find things that are similar mm-hmm. and, then, and then and then eventually when you build up that pool of waypoints when you're like okay i'm catching them off a rock today then it's like in like eight foot then you're like okay i got like 40 other places i can go run right now you know mm-hmm. yeah
0: so i mean That's- it's interesting, you know. You talk about your use of electronics, and you've been pretty consistent outside of maybe some Toyotas when you took that first kind of leap yeah. to to those higher level events. Mm-hmm. And if you look, I think if you look at bass, um, if you look at bass fishing in general tournaments at higher levels, the guys who are consistent year in and year out, they they win. They may win a few. They're running that middle of the pack. Most of those are the guys you know, like BP. Mm-hmm. They understand their graphs and they're able to to leverage them against a guy who may not be as strong, uh, and and I don't want to call anybody out, but a guy like John Cox, who's really good fishing shallow, right?
3: Yeah, like, he's probably the best. Like
0: shallow <laughs> fishing, but if he ha- if he has to slide offshore, he may not understand as well as you know Brandon Polianek what he's looking at. So there's right. an edge an edge to that, and you you know you've leveraged. Your knowledge and and your education and what you know about offshore fishing, mm-hmm. and you stick to your strengths, like you said. Pickwick, yeah. a lot of guys, the time of year are going to be up on the bank, and you're you're not going to be like. No, <laughs> yeah.
3: I mean, and and it might hurt me. Don't get me wrong, it might, but that's how you find like. And it, and it doesn't all this like i said i might be spending a bunch of time on the troll motor but I'm looking for fish and whatever else like it might be shallower and, you know i might have a rattle trap in my hand and i'm just trying to find a group but then like you finding that spot within a spot is the key mm-hmm. you know and if you i mean don't get me wrong like again it's hurt me some like in, mm-hmm. in several t- tournaments like a lot of tournaments it's hurt me but it's also been the reason that you I've done really well in others, but like, like you said earlier, and I have ADD, so I got off your question. <laughs> when do you cu- when do you pull the plug, yeah. right? Like when do you pull the plug on, um, on like fishing like that? And the answer is like, man, if you're not seeing which like, you're like, oh, I don't know, maybe like, I don't feel great about it. Like it looks like it might like that might hold a few fish, but like I'm not seeing much down there and then you're fishing and you're not catching any and you fish several places that you thought looked the best and you're not catching fish, then it's like, you don't go run. It's like, if I mark this as like, I think of everything as like an ABC hole. Like if I'm running all my (laughs) (laughs) a-holes. Sounds funny saying it like that. (laughs) If I'm running all my a-holes, then, um, and, you know, and I'm not getting bit, then, like, I'm not going to go run the B and the C holes and be, like, right. try to make something out of yeah. it. Like, that's when you're just, like, okay, what other patterns do they do this time of year? Like, i will just mm. pick up a jig and go skip docks or something, right? right. Like, yeah. I mean, you just do whatever the, the pattern fits. I mean, and don't get me wrong, like, my other favorite thing to do is, like, throw top water, right? Yeah. So, like, Hartwell, like, I was fishing offshore some, catching them this year, and I, I was in second going into the final day, and I actually thought I really had a chance at winning that one. Um, and I still feel like I could have some outside factors that play into it, that everybody fights like local traffic. Um, I'm not going to say that's the reason, but like, man, it's, it's amazing how, how that plays into it. And that stuff I didn't realize, right? Like I've never had live coverage. I've never had the issue with, flotillas. yeah, well, I wouldn't say we had a flotilla, right? Like I'm not, you know, MPFL isn't the elite series by any means. We don't have a hundred boats out there following us, but, um, but man, like, you know, I pulled up on like my fifth spot that I couldn't get on the first four that I didn't have any other boats fishing. You pull up to the fifth one, and there's a guy. who's like, "Man, I've been watching you on on live all week. I didn't realize uh, you have been fishing." He was like, "You've been fishing over here?" I said, "Yeah." I said, uh, "I've been catching them pretty good here. And I hit it fifth because <laughs> there hasn't been anybody around." Do you me? mind sliding off real <laughs> Dude, quick? Yeah. He said, "Dude, I've got like 17 pounds already. And I've, I've they stopped biting like 20 minutes ago." It's like, "Oh, thanks." You just,
2: uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> Thanks so for telling me. That, that <laughs> answers your question. That's when I'm just gonna pull the trolling yeah. bar and just.
3: But that was that was Drew's tournament to win. Uh, I mean, like he was just like, it, when it's your time, it's your time, right? Mm-hmm. And anyways, I ended up falling to tenth, and uh, and you can fall a lot further because we don't have a cut, so you can move up a lot and you can fall yeah, a lot. Yeah. But where I was going with that whole deal was like, man, I was catching them off the bank in practice, but they were all small, so I'm like, bigger ones are offshore. They were, well, they, they were all, oh, they're all, no, I say off the bank. I mean, like I was catching them offshore, but they were all small. I was catching, like, I was like, I can catch eight pounds doing this. You know what I mean? Like you could catch the fire out of them. Yeah. But I was like, uh let's go up and go shallow. And I could I didn't really know the whole herring spawn deal, but I'm like, you know, can't be much different than fishing current in spring. So I just picked up a walking bait started running yeah. points. And you know what I mean? And, and uh, you could see him up there. It was insane. But like, I, I love throwing topwater and then like, in the fall like, like the early fall tournaments like i really like just picking up top water and go mm-hmm. you know what i mean like that's that's my
2: that's jam awesome. yeah. when they're schooling, and they're busting on shad man yeah. yeah it's the best
0: you know we've talked about your your practice days are almost a hundred percent using your electronics yeah so what what electronic functions be it you know, side imaging, down imaging, 2D, Hmm. what are your primary go-to tools and how do you use them when you're looking for those areas?
1: Maybe another way to frame it is, so you're probably doing your research, you've kind of mapped out an area that you want to go look at. How do you break it down with your electronics?
3: Yeah, no, that's a good point. That's good, yeah. So a lot of the work is done before you get to the lake, Mm. right? Like, dude, if you're going to a fishery that's uh, 50,000 acres, a hundred thousand acres. like Bugs Island. Yeah. I mean like lakes that are that size and bigger, like how do you, where do you start? And like the thing is, okay. So obviously the, the research goes into it of like what sections of the lake do people do what, like maybe if they're going more towards the river, it's a crankbait bite. like maybe down here, it's more of a, it's more of a jerkbait bite or topwater or whatever else. Right. So it's like, you try to, you try to figure out where that's going to fit into your strengths. And like, Man, I love throwing a crankbait, like in general, but like, let's say just, I don't know, like I'm going to start with my strengths, right? Like I know you look for different patterns and stuff like that. Like, okay, so we'll, we'll talk like just Kissimmee for, for an example, right? Like, okay. So you got Toho, you got Kissimmee and you got all that. Like that's one of the, that's one of the Florida lakes that you can go fish offshore on mm-hmm. and win. And it was one that way, but you know. I'm looking at it and I'm like, okay, so like my number one deal is like I'm gonna be fishing shell beds, like that's what I'm doing, you know what I mean? And I'm I'm going, I'm gonna put everything into that, and I'd spend most of my day looking. But and I've been there before. I went for the ICAST Cup a few times and had two top tens and that. But I'm I'm looking at it and I'm like, you know, you're looking at a map and you're like, okay, where would they get? Like you look at like places the current hits. So I might put I might put fifty waypoints in my graph, like I have a little graph set up with a little power inverter at my house what yeah, oh yeah awesome. <laughs> yeah I'll he doesn't
2: know. have playstation 5 but he has laurent can, can
3: you text
0: me a picture of that <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll no seriously put we'll put it it's up it's a little People. We'll think that's nine, cool. yeah. Like, yeah.
3: like my fiance would be watching like love island or something and i'm like i'm gonna be you
2: know <laughs> yeah. if you're looking at it, that's awesome <laughs> Gonna, <laughs> and you're watching Lost. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: I sh- I'm I'm should
1: have decide. thought of that before I sold my old one. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah.
2: yeah.
3: So like, I mean, so you're like looking into like, okay, what's going to be probably the game winning deal here. And then I'm like, okay, where can I go do this? And you're looking and you're like, all right, yeah, that's where a current should hit. And you're like, that looks like a good spot they should set up. And I mean, when you really, so you kind of pick a section and you kind of zoom in tight and you're like, just studying it. And you're like, cause this is all stuff you're going to be doing on the water anyways. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So it's like, OK, so they want to practice rather than rather than get out on the lake and be like, I don't know. And then you like get into an area and you're like, you find an area and you're like, oh, like they're here. Like, I'm going to start. Let's see what's similar around this. Like, I'm already going to have places that look really similar. Yep. So I'm just
2: going to those you just places. Cut out a whole bunch of time. Yeah. Wasted. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So like you're zooming in, just kind of looking and searching and whatever else. And then and you bring Google Earth into it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, because because with our electronics, like with with. Lawrence, you can you can go into google earth and you can actually export waypoints okay so you can go in there and you can so like even if it's not something that you would see on a contour like a set of contours or map or whatever else like it, aerial overlay from like google earth like zoom in you're like okay there's a ditch right here or whatever else like it might be whether it's a grass lake and it's way back and there's you know you can tell it opens up i mean you can do that in creeks you can do that a lot of different places but like just stuff like that or it's like hey man this is area's got standing timber you know, stuff that you can see on Google Earth mm-hmm. and you can mark it in Google Earth and, like, all points of interest that I, I'd mark like that, like rocky areas from the lake's low. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, if, if you're if you're like, hey, rocky points play a big time during the shad spawn or whatever else, like, I'm going to have a bunch of rocky points marked, you know, and then you can take that, export it, save it on SD card or USB drive, put it in the back of my HDS Live now HDS Pro, and... You know, again, you've got all that stuff. So, in conjunction with all the stuff like contours that you think they should set up on, and then you've got the Google Earth stuff, and so you've already broken down a lot of the lake. And then, like you said earlier, just so before
0: we go, just one other amazing tool with Google Earth, and especially with the way you can you can use it with grants. Not all the manufacturers you have that. Yeah, Humminbird. Is, you have
1: to download a separate program. Yeah, it's a it's kind and of and it a doesn't. Game. It's not Mac compatible, which is hummingbird come on now yeah
0: but what i was (laughs) what i was gonna say is the ability especially on these lakes if you think like tennessee river valley lakes things like that where the levels fluctuate Mm -hmm. you can go look at that aerial imagery from like mid-january when the lake level's 20 feet down and you can find you can find yeah you can find rock piles you know lay down you can find all kinds of stuff that you may not know was there mm-hmm. and you can mark that in that Google Earth and then you can go check it areas. It's Google Earth
2: Pro, right? Like you have to have Google Earth Pro. I don't Pro. pay for anything. I don't no. know. No, no, no. I, you don't have to pay for it but like you can trace it back in time years. Yeah, yeah Google <laughs> yeah, yeah, Earth yeah, yeah. Pro. So you, right? you have to yeah. download it yeah.
3: and then you can just go back in years and months whatever yeah. else and find where it's lower. Yep. Like I mean that's what I did last year when we went to Cumberland, you know, and I mean, I fished a Toyota series championship out there. It was there a New
2: great York one floor. day tournament, wasn't it? Oh man.
3: Was, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want that one. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
3: but, um, you know, it, and so it's, and that's like, but like, again, like that's a good example because you might be able to find a time when the lake was really muddy mm-hmm. and that's kind of what I did. And, um, you know, it's like, hey, you know, run-ins might play that time of year. Like, they do yeah. in those deep Tennessee lakes. Like, yeah. I mean, like, if, if, if the lake is historically that time of year, like, you look at it and be like, yeah, the water levels the week of February, end of February every year, freaking spike 10 feet. I mean, it was kind of predictable in a sense. It is a toss-up. Anytime you go anywhere end of February, that's where so many tournaments go to Florida. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But... I mean, I'm looking at it and I'm like, let me see if I can find some places with some clearer water. You know what I mean? That I can go fish and where where am I going to spend my time? Mm-hmm. And then, sorry. I,
1: well, I don't I want to cut you off there. And I, I yeah. know you're probably going to get to, you know, after doing that research, how you break down the water. But have, have you used the drone yet to, to, to mark? We We can't. Even during practice? No, we're not allowed to.
3: Otherwise, I would be all be, over it. Because I would... <laughs> Especially in like a smallmouth tournament, if yeah. you're trying to figure out if they're yeah.
1: spawning, you just like go across well, the whole so, so someone did that when, was, when I got out of the Army two years ago. And, yeah. Um, I went down the Harris chain. My motor blew. I had to come back, and I went back down three weeks later. And, of course, the, the time I was going to be down there is when they were catching 30-pound bags. But yeah. the guy was flying his drone in the canal for a local tournament and just identifying the big ones that caught, yeah. like, 35. But I was thinking, like, offshore grass lines if you marked all the gps waypoints yeah um (laughs) a lot easier than trying to drive down it you know and you could find you could find holes and pockets easier in the grass grass.
3: and grass changes every year yeah yeah Mm -hmm. but you if you can identify an area that's historically had grass then you can kind of again dial mm -hmm. it in as far as what you want to do and it's like it's so important just like fishing your strengths like you said like man like if you're a grass fisherman, like you're like you need to know where the grass is before mm-hmm. you get to the lake, because you're not gonna just go out there and find it, you know. Right.
1: But yeah, I don't know. I mean So so you've broken down where you want to go check out. Like you yep. probably prioritized. These are probably the the hot spots based upon the A holes. Yeah, yeah, the A yeah, holes, exactly. We got the A holes. <laughs> the holes. So once you once you pull up generally your first one, how do you go about breaking that down? Um, because you probably identified this is where the bass should be. Right. But we all know how it is. There are it's 200 like, yards this way. One out of 10 of those places will have it. Right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. So then, so then it, that's when side scan comes into play. Yeah. Right. That's where, that's where your side scan comes into play. And, and depending on what you're looking for, like if you're, let's say you're looking for a school of fish, like you're looking for schools specifically, that's when you kind of dial it in a little bit tighter, your 60, 80 foot range and kind of looking, you know what I mean? Cause Uh, depending on the depth range if you're getting out into like that 20 foot you can scan at 100 and kind of see them but you better know what you're looking at yeah you know what i mean and that's where having the confidence in your graphs because somebody who's who's not a ledge fisherman and you go to the tennessee river in june i mean like yeah like the schools are a little bit bigger out there but like like okay so there's you know everybody's gonna find those hundred fish schools they're really obvious like those those really big schools but like if you're good enough to look at it and be like, there's six right mm. there, and there's six big ones, you know what I mean? So, you see them on your side scan or whatever else. And anyway, so like that's when I say you kind of tone it back. Cause like if you, if you bring it to, you might be looking at that hundred foot range and you're like, I think those are fish. And you kind of come in a little tighter and you scan by them and you're like, yeah, those are fish.
0: Is there a general rule with side imaging? Like you say you're at a hundred foot, you know, that yeah. typically when I'm searching, I'm at like 100, 120 foot. Yeah. Is there like a a rule you don't want to go too tight because with the contour you obviously lose a lot. Is it, I've heard guys it say like, like three depth. times the depth and things like that. Nah, but.
3: three times is not really. I okay, mean, I don't know. That's a stretch. Maybe like Gen Ones, like you know. Like, right. I mean, <laughs> but
0: uh, yeah, no. Nah, I mean, where we're at
3: today, like, I mean, again, in that com- like if that's what if I'm looking for fish. But if I'm looking for like if I know I'm gonna be fishing like structure, like cover and structure, like brush piles and stuff like that. Dude, uh, when we went up north, I mean, you're just looking for boulders, yep. right? Like, yep. that's what you're looking for. So I would get out there, and I'd, I'd and I mean, 25 foot of water, or whatever. You know, the depths up there, like, are, it's like a lot more gradual. But mm-hmm. like, I mean, I was scanning on 200 feet. Yeah. You know what I mean, and because that's uh, on a, on a, going fast. Oh yeah, I mean you can scan because when you're not looking for fish, you if you you can scan at six miles, seven miles an hour, and you're just like looking for that like bleep that sticks out, and you're like, okay, that's a boulder, and you can kind of get over in that section and see what else is around and slow down, and that's when, like, I'm kind of mixing and matching lakes all over the country, but this supplies everywhere. Like okay, so you kind of see something further away, and then you kind of break it in tighter and tighter and tighter, and so, you might. If you're in practice, you know, you might ride over, you know, you see it on side scan, you ride over it on a down scan, whatever else. And you see, okay, there's, this is what it is. It's a rock pile, it's a shipwreck, it's, I don't know. You'd see it on your down scan and that's when you're like, okay, you, you kind of understand the feature and if you want to stop or not. Now, smallmouth fisheries, smallmouth are real nomadic and they move a lot. Mm-hmm. So they might be tough to see. You might see them on a boulder, you might not. But that's where like your active target comes into play. So it's like, okay, you've marked... A bunch of boulders, or you marked brush piles, or whatever else, and you stand up and you look in. I mean, it's really hard to see. It can be really hard to see like one fish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On, you know what I mean? Especially if you're like like maybe you're fishing a shallower depth range. Yeah. Like dude, if you idle over a fish in ten foot of water, he's probably gonna want to swim away. Yeah. 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 Like you got to think about it. Like you're talking about cone angle earlier. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> if my this is probably ten foot, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're looking at like this wide. Yep.
0: Okay. So even if there's like, not even two, two and a half, three feet.
3: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's tight. So even if you're, even if you're, um, you know, even if you're, if you're riding over a brush pile or whatever else, like you could see like, okay, yeah, that's a brush pile. But like, man, you're going to tell me a fish won't sit right, right here. Yep. And you're not going to see that, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're in 10 foot of water. So that's kind of the deal It's like,
0: and that's where active target plays such a big role. So you use like, use active target in practice as well. Like once you I, identify, let's say you right. identify when we're going to use, cause I think, I think it's easier to explain to listeners and viewers, like Northern lakes, just a quick breakdown. Like yeah. I grew up fishing Erie. So the great lakes, and you might find one of those boulders and catch a hundred fish off of it. Yeah. If, if the bait and everything lines up, right. Like you said, they're nomadic, but if you hit it when they're there, it's on. And, yeah. and so, you say, you know, you ride over it, you might scare them. Well, in 20 foot of water, when you can see 20 foot, right, yeah, that's you don't too. want to ride over that. So Just like you're saying, you, you can get a little bit tighter, might help you identify some bait or something that could be yeah. set up on that rock. And then you can use your active target or, or whatever your forward facing is. So how would you use that?
3: Well, in all fairness, I'm not I'm not a smallmouth expert as much right. as I'd love to be. And I did really love it last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've, I've only been up there, like last year was the first time i fished Great Lakes. Okay, so, I mean, I've fished Mille Lacs a few times. Um, And stuff like that, but it does. It seems to all be somewhat similar. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. it's not like they only get on rocks, but yeah. But yeah, definitely. Like, okay, so you like you see the rocks and whatever else, and you stand up and you look at it. Like, even if you only saw two or three, you got to think like when you start looking at it, like on your active target, when you really start breaking it down, like they they sit real close, look real close to the bottom too, a lot of times. Mm -hmm. But it's amazing how like smallmouth are super active, and and like I'll give you an example, like one one of the boulders I was fishing up there last year. Like, I ended up catching like 21 and a half off of it the second day and could have had a bigger bag, but like, and then, you know, I think I had like 17 off of this one boulder. But you throw out there and like, I would see like two or three sitting on it, right? On active target. You throw a drop shot and as it's sinking down and it's like, like you're always, like, Medusa's you head. Yeah. <laughs> and you just see like five or six and like, and then you're like, where'd my drop shot go? And you're like, <laughs> dang it it's a drum it's
1: it's it's crazy how hard the fish are to see when they're right on the bottom oh yeah i had I very similar last year fish in my little lake we've got millfall patches mm-hmm. and yeah. 10 to 12 foot and what i learned to do this is this is about a four months not four months four weeks six weeks like this was the pattern. This is on a lake here. You have milfoil.
2: Mm-hmm. A private, it's lake. a private
3: lake.
2: Us peasants can't fish it. Yeah. Well, just, just come over the house and <laughs> give me like a, a giant. Pass. You there, have dude. to use my boat. We, you can't
1: put it in other boats. We can use my boat. It's got it doesn't have lorance, but it's got live scope, so you can you can go do it. But anyway, these milfoil patches. Um, I was just flipped the jig and his jig in there, and like you don't even see fish or bait around. Yeah. But you'd rip it up like a jigging and spoon and i caught 24 pounds in three hours that night yeah That's awesome. just they're just coming up and you know grabbing like a spoon of course sometimes because they're reacting they'll miss it but yeah it's surprised sometimes how hard they are to see so i was going to ask if you're in a situation where the you think the bass should be there will you just throw up there just to see if you can get a reaction to kind of cue in yeah, as yeah. to whether or not you're in the right spot
3: yeah, definitely. You're not always looking for like, you're. sometimes you're looking for the cover that might hold fish and whatever else and you might see a few around it. But I mean, like you said, like you kind of got to break it down. Once you figure out, like ideally you figure this out on like day one of practice, you know what I mean? Where you're like, okay, I know what I'm looking for now, like what they're holding to. And like, so you can duplicate it and go look for the exact same things because that maximizes your time. But I mean, like you said, yeah, you can look up there and it might be like isolated grass patches, right? Or something like that. Mm-hmm and you're looking at it and you're fishing you're I mean a lot of grass fishing is just putting the trolling lure down and going whatever else and you can see them in it and around the grass mm-hmm. sometimes um but yeah so like or they might be on the edge but like once you figure out the fish behavior you pop it out of the grass and you see fish follow it out you're like okay they're buried up in there or okay they're sitting on these edges and i can sit here and throw jerk bait down the side or and it, and what
1: i learned with that was there's some patches that look great yeah but there ain't like there, at least the fish weren't reacting to anything. Like yeah. there's other errors that, yeah. that are great, and it just helps dial it down. With that, I had another question too. So the old school ways, you you side image your your target, mm-hmm. then you drive over of down imaging, yeah, or two D. Have you changed because of active target and forward facing sonar? It, do you still go over top of it, or is that the, like depth related or conditions, or do you just pull like within a hundred feet and try to? in no.
3: practice I'll pull over it like I mean if once I I'd like to pull over it and get a full understanding of the area yeah but if I can help not going over the top of fish now they, they're super spooky nowadays like mm-hmm. I mean dude especially in <laughs> especially in clear water Lakes like it is amazing on like herring fisheries and stuff like that like watch like pull up to a brush pile and that's when you can like you you know you can put your target out real far You know, you get to it like 100, 120, like whatever You're way out in that range. And, uh, you know, you kind of see him sitting there and you're kind of getting a little tighter or whatever else. And like, let's say you threw, I don't know, a jerk bait over the top of a brush pile, right? Well, maybe you're throwing the wrong color. Maybe you got the wrong cadence. Maybe you got something. Mm -hmm. Wrong line sizes, diving not deep enough, whatever. Anyway, and you watch like six fish come out of that brush pile and just follow it and they come back. 10 feet from the boat and you reel it in and you're like, and they just sit there and they kind of look at the boat and they kind of like
2: <laughs> yep. pass,
3: swim back to the brush pile or whatever else. You're not going to catch another fish. No. I mean, you could, you could sit there and catch another fish, but like you're going to sit there and really waste. I mean, they've already seen the boat. Like time to move you, on. The chance of catching a big one at that point is so rare. That's why you hear about guys running like a million piles in a day.
2: Like, so you talked about the the fish and, and their behavior. Yeah. In your experience, because of how dialed in with electronics you are, how much have the fish been conditioned with everybody now, for the most part, having forward facing sonar in some capacity?
3: Oh, it's bad. Like, yeah, they they know. You know, they yeah. know. And and there is and there's and there's like. And we fish around the house. Like, it drives Bryson crazy, Bryce Pete. But, like, and you know, and I've done it with my other buddy, Bryce McClaney. But, like, we'll go, we'll go riding around. And, like, dude, I'll, I'll go search for new fish sometimes. Or, like, fish that haven't been places in the tournament. And you might see me out there graphing for, like, 45 minutes in the middle of tournament day. Just, like, checking on places that, like, I know they typically would get this time mm-hmm. of year, but they're not there yet. Because, like, the places that we've been catching them, like, there's boats sitting on or. You know they've had they've been absolutely beat. Like you might have caught a thirty pound bag there two <laughs> weeks ago. It doesn't matter because yep. everybody and their brother has fished that school every single day since they've been out, and now they're educated. And you can go catch fifteen off of it. So I mean, it's like, and you might have to sit there and throw a Carolina rig or whatever else. And it's like, so I'll go just kind of looking. It's like okay. Cause then it's, you know, you get like on the lakes around here, like you got like 80, 90 boats in a, in a bigger tournament. I mean, that's a lot of pressure on these smaller lakes. So, I mean, all the schools are getting fish. If you find a brand new school that nobody's been fishing, and you're, if you find a brand new school or a spot that they haven't been, it doesn't even have to be like a specific school. It could be a brush pile or whatever mm-hmm. else. Like maybe they're on laydowns and now they moved the brush. I don't know, but yeah, like you find you find something that they haven't been on that they just showed up. Like that's when you win.
2: When you drop your trolling motor in the water with you know six million forward facing sonars on your trolling motor, however many you have, right? <laughs> this year's they're, three. They're, <laughs> However West many Arizona. everyone and for the viewers and the and and everyone. What does it take for you to say, nope, that fish isn't going to bite. I'm pulling the trolling motor up and leaving. Like, can you tell based on seeing the blob on the screen the way that the fish is moving around or not moving around that they're going to bite or not?
3: Yes, to an extent. Yeah? Yeah. And that's just that's just fish behavior. Like, that's yeah. that's, again, and I said, like, time behind the wheel of, like, your electronics. Like, it plays into the trolling motor side and looking at it, like you the more you look at it and you will have a hurt neck <laughs> the, the, the yep. more the more you look at it yeah the more that you will understand like when you will or will not get a bite okay like you'll get in scenarios where i mean you can pull up to a spot and be like i mean we can sit there and just pan look at it and you're like looking back and forth you're like yeah there's a few two three and one and you're like Oh yeah, we're about to catch them.
2: When are we gonna in see? The way they're set up. When are we gonna see sunglasses that the screen is built <laughs> in, Dude, so, it's so we funny don't? When you say that, I <laughs>
3: that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> the reality of it is, is like it, the they it, it would be funny, right? Like th- there's so much there's. It's amazing. Like when we sit down with like our our sonar engineers and stuff like that, and you listen to them talk, and, like the passion these guys have for it, and like things that they bring up that you're just like. I need that today. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like,
3: I needed that yesterday. Like, it's it's amazing some of the stuff that... I mean, and don't get me wrong. Some of the stuff, it might take 10 years to come out. It might be on the roadmap two years from now, but then, you know, it gets... It, there's things that are tougher and tougher to find out, mm-hmm. right? Like, I mean, LiveScope, right? Garma was the first one that came out, that came out with Forward Facing Sonar. Okay. That was on our roadmap, uh, I don't know, in... When we came out with Structure Scan 3D, I don't know when that was. That was 2014. Yeah, I would say. Okay. That. Anyway, yeah, that was that was that was on our roadmap several years before that, and it's like you could go one or two directions. Which way do you go, right? So like, and and when it first came out, like it wasn't a big seller, right? And then now all of a sudden it's like people are you, you know they realize that I mean you know the clarity gets better, it looks better from a marketing standpoint, the product sells, and. And I'll tell you right now, like you, like the amount of resources that we are putting into sonar technology is unbelievable mm-hmm. because the it's just, it's such, it's so important. Like it's so important to have like good mapping, good sonar. I mean, just stuff like that. And like, so we, we've, we've, you know, we were brought out by Brunswick by la- like last year, right? Um, which also owns Mercury owns Reliant owns a bunch of different companies. And, and so, you know, I mean, it was a, it was a huge purchase, right? Like we were bought out and I mean, it, it's the, one of the best things is that they're a Marine based company. So they, they understand like, Hey, this is where, you know, the importance is like, if you go give a presentation to your own by like a bank, for example, it can be a a little bit harder to explain to somebody like, look, this is going to change fishing. Yeah. Versus somebody who actually works in the marine industry and fishes. You know mm-hmm, what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're like, I want to see on paper how this makes sense. You know what I mean? Which it always has to make sense on paper, but yeah. Um, but yeah, man, it, it's amazing. Like this is, it's, it's going to the, the amount of stuff that we're working on, the amount of projects, the amount of really cool stuff. And, and the guys that are all working behind it are phenomenal at what they do. And, um, and they take her, they take our feedback, you know, and it, Hopefully, uh, I mean, we, we just launched a great new whole new portfolio of products, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. Let's talk about, you know, the HDS Pros, Active Target 2. Yeah. You've got new transducer technology, correct?
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, like everything, right? So we came out with the HDS Pros, we came out with the Active Target 2s, and we came out with the Active Imaging HDs, okay? So you're talking about new side scan, down scan, transducer with the Active Imaging HD, unbelievable clarity, Okay, and then you get to the active target too. Same story. We are talking about fish sitting on the bottom, right, where it's like it can be harder to see them. Mm -hmm. Better separation, more range, talking about educated fish like that's okay we can just see him now further out <laughs> you yeah. Know? Yeah. Yep. and then they'll get further out and we'll have to keep updating and then we'll be able to cast that far yeah, exactly so
2: that we'll, be mortar be to...
3: too. we'll leave that to cash in and you know
0: yeah we'll have to we'll have to get with matt <laughs> so and his line. Yeah. yeah we'll be we'll what? be using surf rods yeah. footers.
1: no what are the what are those uh the saltwater ones i've seen that shoots the bait out yeah, that's right yeah, yeah, exactly yeah. no
0: they have the air cannons <laughs> <that> you, yeah <laughs> yeah it's yeah. um yeah it's awesome um, so what, what separates active target two from your competitors?
3: Yeah. And, and that's exactly it. It's, I mean, it's the, it's the range and your, um, your, your separation and the clarity, right? Like, um, like don't get me wrong. Like I should be careful what I say. It, the, the reality of it is, is like, I feel like not to underestimate the other one, but I feel like there is one true competitor out there in the live sonar space right mm-hmm. now. And, um, and the reality of it is, is they make a great product, but you have to think of things as it's a tool. Okay. Absolutely. It is a tool and you need to have multiple tools in your toolbox. So being able to, and I can tell you right now, I believe ours is the best in the business, especially at Target Two. Like it is incredible. Okay, but when you put it with that HDS Pro, and you've got certain features that you can do with it, and you've got phenomenal mapping. I mean, we had a mapping team go around the country, and you know they grafted duck boats and whatever else, and came up with all these. I mean, you look at the C Map reveal card, um, like around the house, like it's it's insane. It came out with precision contour ones. Nice. Like, dude, it's unbelievable. So you you think about like all these different little features that play into it and then you and you look at like our new side scan transducer for example and you've got this unmatched clarity and so you know as a whole system like there is a reason that people run multiple graphs like there's a reason that guys run multiple graphs because they're trying to pick the strengths of mm-hmm. certain people but I'm gonna tell mm-hmm. you right now and and there are strengths that people have over others but it's gotten to a point that with the technology that we have like it's, it's kind of silly to, to mix and match different systems Mm -hmm. in my opinion. Um, you know, I think that, I think that you can, you can really take advantage of like, if you stick with one system, that's really true and reliable and whatever else. Um, and, and, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. We're, I've seen ghost trolling motors on boats that have, you know, I'll hummin on them because somebody had a bunch of problems with an old tracks, and it got, goes both ways. If there's old mm-hmm. Trexes on boats that people had problem with the ghost. I mean, yep. I mean we have a really extremely reliable product. Don't get me wrong. Like the amount of hours that go into testing on that. Like man, our first trolling motor, like it is unbelievable reliable. But you know. So the mix and match systems exist, but if you were to put together one system like the tools and the toolbox that we have today, it's un, it's unreal. It yeah. really is.
1: You know, everything everything's personal preference. I mean yeah. whether it's electronics or fishing line. Yeah. Like one person will swear by a particular thing and someone else will curse it, right? That's, right? that's that's how it is. That's how we are as anglers. There's no doubt. It it is what it is. Yeah. I like the the network and as technology gets better. We talking about where things are going like i can see with an active target or forward-facing sonar mm-hmm. you put that beam right on a particular target and you could waypoint it and it will calculate the disc because we, we all know you're driving around side imaging mm-hmm. down imaging you'll miss certain things because you're not in that particular coverage area yeah and to be able to do
2: that oh i'm at this first part oh there's
1: 140 feet over here let me mark that one and then yeah i can see that coming yeah mm-hmm.
2: so you talked about techniques and education behind the electronics Time behind the wheel. How much or what's the level of importance for all the inside hardware that goes in your boat that connects all these things? Like, how important are your batteries? How important are some of the other pieces of equipment that maybe the viewers and, and listeners uh, need to know about specifically with Lowrance products?
3: It, that plays is just as big of a role. Like, it, it 100% plays just as big of a role to make sure you have the right setup in your boat because I don't care. If you have fifty thousand dollars worth of electronics, you could have twenty six HDS Pros <laughs> sitting on the front of your boat. But if, yep. if you have one twelve battery running all of them, you're yeah, not going to get much juice. Right. I mean, and when you
0: look, when you look at these Facebook groups and and people are always asking, oh my Clarity but Ninety nine percent of the time, they're trying battery. to run three graphs off a well, a battery that just isn't. capable of providing enough juice to run that appropriately
3: yeah yeah but the battery is one piece of it but uh, having a good wiring system Mm. having a good harness is such a big deal with clean power um the one i prefer specifically is sonar pros Mm -hmm. that because that that harness in particular like i mean Trent's played with it right like that that system is completely waterproof a like you've got uh, marine grade fuses that are built in right here by the battery. So you can actually dip that thing in a bucket of water and run your electronics. And then he, he can, he has quick connect option, um, where, you know, you crimp down the ends yourself. And, um, and then he also has a soldered option where you, th- they're already soldered to the plug. And the, the, the least amount of connections that you have when you have that power run clean, it makes such a big difference. Yep. Um, you know, so it's it's kind of one of those situations where you, you think about it this way. Okay, so if you're sitting there and you have a milkshake and you're trying to drink through a straw that is the same size you would drink out of. Like a cocktail stirrer straw. Yeah. One of those little. Like a little straw, a little coffee straw. Mm-hmm. Right? Like now I sip. want a cocktail. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of upset you didn't bring them, but I see you got empty bottles. Right? <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's for after the show. <laughs>
3: No, the, uh, like, yeah, so let's say you're trying to drink it through, like, a coffee straw, okay, Mm -hmm. versus, like, a full-on, like, cookout milkshake straw where it's, like, really thick, you know what I mean? The amount of energy you're going to exert, it actually kills your battery faster, and you're not going to get the power out of your electronics. So, like, you think about, like, I mean, there's, and and everybody, you know, there's overkill, like, don't get me wrong, but, man... I ran four HDS lives and an active target, a, a Sonic Hub speaker system, and I could run pumps all day. I could fish in the same spot all day, and I'm running off a one grip 31 AGM X2 power battery, running it from uh, this is last year with a power pull charge in between, you know, and that's an important part too. Uh, having a good charger or whatever else, but like if you're running that much stuff, but I, but my voltage never gets below 11 volts. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like on the bow, like if you get on someone's boat and you pull up the supply voltage, uh, it's an overlay option on, on a Lorentz mm-hmm. unit. You can pull up the, the voltage and see. And if you've got 11 volts to start the day, you're in trouble. You've mm-hmm. already got, you're already losing a yeah. 1.3 volts, but between yep. your graph and the battery. Okay. Mm-hmm. There is a very, 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 very big difference between 10 and a half volts and 11 and a half volts yep. like and that's why you see people who going to like dedicated batteries and dedicated lithiums i mean yes it's good like i'm gonna do some of that this year i'll have a rely on in there that i'll have dedicated lithium because i'm gonna run so much stuff this year mm-hmm. um but with that said like for these guys that are doing it to run like two graphs and whatever else like man if you have a good battery good group 31 agm i A good wiring system and everything is set up you know correctly i mean i go as far as like let like take the power cords for example like you've got this eight or ten gauge wire that's running up to your to your bow graph for example right and you got a fuse in between or maybe a switch but like on his harness you know there's not there's not much connection every connection you're losing some form of voltage drop so like if you look at um if you you come up there, and then you got this this power cord. That's the length of this table is like three feet long, but it's like 18, 16 gauge wire. It's real thin. I mean, you're you. That's that's a that's a pinch point right there, right? Mm-hmm. Cut that thing down as short as you can to eliminate the amount of wire that you have in there. Like yep. Yep. you know, cut it down, increase your voltage a little bit, whatever, and so that type of stuff and that's why I said like I've already spent probably 15 hours rigging my boat and i probably got another 15 to go type of thing because it, it's I'm super meticulous about it like I'm going to take out the, those things I don't like I'm going to add in the things that I want and and every boat builder's did, Like I'll tell you right now like I'm running a Phoenix this year this is, this is, this is, first, this is my coming out party hey here we go.
0: <laughs> our first
3: our first. I, put, I put
2: all these hours into rigging the boat only to get rid of it at the end of the year <laughs>
3: I put too many hours on them. I can't keep them. I wouldn't be able to sell it. No, so yeah, I'm running a Phoenix this year, and I'm really excited. And they have... uh, And all the builders are doing a great job as far as improving their wiring from the factory. You know, like, a lot of these boats weren't set up to, you know, like, people that are retrofitting their boats. They're wondering why, like, man, why, you know, this... This thing sucks or whatever, like this uh, you know, my act target's not seeing fish, you know, like I don't know, maybe I need to go buy a garment and that goes the same other direction mm-hmm. too. Yep, yep. Like you gotta understand if you have that stuff powered correctly and you have you have it rigged right, the amount of potential that you're missing out on. And that's why people are like, Man, I'll just go buy a lithium battery. Like, well a lithium battery's great, but if you still have twenty six different pinch points and you, by the time it're it losing can, yeah, I mean you, you still you're still losing one point three volts or whatever but like we're talking about by the time it gets to the bow of the boat, the only yeah. difference is is that a lithium starts at thirteen point eight volts versus twelve point eight. Yeah. Twelve point four. You know what I mean? So it's like you're sitting around twelve. That's the only difference. Yeah. So if you have a good battery and you have clean power and whatever else, and you know that you have enough to supply throughout the day, then um then you know, like I said, when you get below ten like 10.5 like units are actually not really even supposed to stay on right um, and they'll start to act laggy and you're mm-hmm. not going to see a lot of good stuff but like when you get like if you're like 11 and a half up like you're in good shape for mm-hmm. the most part that's- you know and if you have like 12 and 13 like that's when you, you know you start to see it things just start to act funny when you get lower and lower yeah makes sense Yeah, you know
0: yeah so I you know I've been talking to you about uh, lorant stuff and you convinced me to switch so i ordered some stuff up from uh from somewhere and uh yeah i I bought a battery already i'm gonna go dedicated just because i know how important yeah especially with with live sonar that that clean steady power is so oh, yeah. you know i run most of my boat off of 131 x2 agm just yeah. like you did because it's a i think the best agm battery on the market but then you know i wanted to make a change for that and if you do enough research you'll see and and you hear it from a guy here that knows what he's talking about how important that is. So yeah. That's always when you know when people ask troubleshooting questions of electronics that's always my first question is, you know, what's what's your uh What's your wiring situation? And it's usually the 1998 boat with the original right. wiring. Yeah, it's like a 12 like gauge, you know, wire. Yeah, unit that <laughs> yeah was the, big we're was not hard. we're not knocking that. By
2: no, the way. not at all. Not but at but, all. I, but I like how you kind of like brought the the science of technology, and then pair it with the art of fishing, right? Yeah. Because the science isn't going to catch the fish, yeah. but it's going to make you a heck of a lot more effective and efficient. I mean, Mike Corbusley has an HDS nine in his room, right? It's a, right? Up, it's a lead. What up. is it? It's a lead. <laughs> up, whatever, whatever. He has a, he has, a, he has a, a, a fish finder on his, uh, on,
0: in his armoire, right? So, he doesn't yeah. have a television. Yeah. That's just, That's so,
3: my video games. So. That's right.
0: So we got a, we got an announcement. Mike's running a Phoenix this year. Yeah. And, uh, I think now's a good time to, why don't you, uh, why don't you throw some plugs out there to your sponsors? Because fishing obviously is a, uh, A big part of your your career and everything so let's make sure sure. they know
3: yeah 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 everything i do revolves around fishing whether it's work or that but yeah no absolutely like i said i'm running a new phoenix this year i'm super excited um have a couple new couple new partners this year um and uh man it's it's just it's been it's been awesome i'm glad i mean one first and foremost like having the support from lawrence having the support from navica to be able to go do this is like you know, just the time off is a is a big deal. You know what I mean? And and uh we worked with some things. But anyways, they uh so Navico and Lorenz mm-hmm. Um I've got a, another new sponsor this year, Victolix manufacturing company. Um that's that's really important, really exciting with them. Can't wait to take those guys fishing and uh we're gonna have um what's it called? Uh Cash and Rods is back. You know, I'm, I'm really excited. I plan on being with Cash and for a while. Um I'm, I'm I was planning on going to pick up some rods. They've been selling too many. <laughs> so they didn't have what I needed, but we're, we'll go get it next week. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, like, I don't have enough already. To, uh, but, yeah, it's amazing. Like, no, the man, I, I was so thrilled last year fishing with Cash and Like, the the rods, the, you know, the technique-specific stuff, and, uh, and 13 reels. Uh, I'm using all 13 fishing reels. Uh, I've got concept A bait casters on every single one of my rods. And then I've got, um, the Xenon spinning reels on, on all my spinning rods. And, um, I need to get some of their new stuff as well. But I mean, man, it's such a, su- that's such an important part of your fishing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nichols lures have been with Nichols for several years. Um, Mercury Marine on the back of the boat and the same thing with power pole. We talked about power pole charge, mm-hmm. like all that stuff, super important, um, it, it, all plays into catching more fish, you know? Um, and then in addition to that, I'm, I know I'm missing somebody. Um, Bahio. I'm wearing all Bahio sunglasses now. Um, so, you know, we've got a couple different, couple different, uh, frames in there. Like, you know, for, if you're a bed fishing tournament, you're going to lean more towards like an amber type frame or, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm a, I'm a green sunglasses guy, but anyways, yeah, there's, there's all these guys that play into it. And another, another company is a new company. Uh, it's a pharmacy down in Florida actually called MedPoint Pharmacies. Came out with this. It's a new part of their company, and it's called Hatterasman, and they're making um, sunscreen that is based off of uh, like the the chemicals or the. Oh, what is the scientific term behind this? I'm drawing a blank. It's a basically like the DNA from like fish that live in like extreme places, like this is wild, right? But like the fish that live in extreme places where there's like really, really cold temperatures or really, really hot temperatures have the, some of the same uh, principles in it as like, you know, like how do they protect their skin from all this stuff? And this 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 is the same type of stuff that's going into their sunscreen to protect you from the sun and kind of eliminate cancer and whatever. not eliminate awesome. obviously, but right? You like, dude, it's amazing the amount of like the amount of fishermen that have had like melanoma. Yeah, yeah. Like you can yeah. go around a boat ramp and it's probably like quarter of the people that will hold up their hands.
0: I <clears> the think least. I think that's a great thing that you bring up because I see it a lot. Again, I'm going back to online and people acting like fools, but you see like somebody wears the gloves, a face mask, a hood, and they're like, oh, you're just doing that because yeah. the pros do it. Yeah. Look, I I didn't know how important it was till I came to the south. Yeah. And the amount of sun we get down here and, the you know, spending more time on the water, yeah. like I'm the guy in the gloves and all that stuff now because just like he said, if you go to a boat ramp in North Carolina and ask, like – Maybe half of the people there are going to go, oh, yeah, I had some form they had to get yeah. out. So
2: I don't yeah. think it's talked about enough, and, and we don't have time for it this episode, but the the health that you need to pay attention to, your health and wellness while you're fishing, yeah. is extremely important. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's something we should dive into in the future. Yeah, it's, it's becoming a trend.
1: Yeah. Uh, if you look at some of the, um, at least in the elites, I know um g-man was talking about his cold blunt plunges right and yeah matty and, Rob, matt Roberts yeah. made a
0: big change in his health <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, he looks good man. Yeah. yeah
1: and i know scott martin was talking about the same yeah, thing. yeah he lost house.
2: 45 pounds
1: man yeah, so wow. which which makes sense right if, if you're going to be out there in the sun waves you got to have that physical stamina to keep because if you don't your mind's not
2: going to yeah. you're going to be right Th- this is why it always bugged me you don't, why do, why does everyone not want a banana in the boat? I mean, a good potassium fix, right? Banana or no banana? <laughs> oh,
3: dude, I don't even
2: know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird texture uh, to that. Yeah, no bananas. I don't boat. eat really It I don't fish. matter. It don't matter. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> no, man.
3: Hey, I did leave one guy out. I left out uh, Boat logics. I spent three hours yeah. this afternoon mm. rigging them, so I should remember that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You want to talk about some rock solid mounts? Yeah. Like going to Lake Erie like we talked about last year? Like I, I, got stuck in like six footers. It was terrifying. I didn't like it. But yeah, he's got the he's got his brackets like, the the console mount and the bow mount. That's and he's got upgraded quarter inch, um, quarter inch aluminum brackets that are rock solid and they do not move. That's awesome. Like so that all plays into that whole the whole deal we were talking about. Just making sure your equipment's. That's right. right.
2: Sorry, not to bring us back. It's a full package no, deal. It is can't have one without the other. Right? Uh, and, so. You know, and, and
0: it's important to talk about because guys will go spend through grand, grand on a graph, yeah. and then use ten dollars in wiring to try to make that run. And you really, yeah, you really right. need to have the whole system, you know, to get the most out of it. You know, at that higher level, so making sure that everything kind of yeah. kind of works out to to perform at its peak is. Yeah. It's like the body. You know, you're fueling that like your body. So putting the right things into it, which clearly I do. And,
2: uh, <laughs> and
3: making sure oh, that's I mean, good to go. I like to eat, dude. <laughs> eat <mean, laughs> sleep
0: fish, right? That's
2: yeah. right.
1: I mean, but, don't,
3: uh, don't get me wrong, though, because like, and not to keep this going as like a four-hour podcast. No, it's uh, good. It's I mean, all, it's all good. right. It's all I enjoy it. good, Yeah, it's all good conversation, but. No, like like you said, man, and it, and you don't need to spend three, five, ten thousand $10,000 to get a good system. Mm. Like, my tournament partner Bryson Pete's boat we have 2 HDS 9s an active target and we have an active imaging side scan transducer on that boat and we fish out of it i mean the, the but it's but it's rigged right you have good yeah. it's rigged right we you know we we know that we know how to work everything you know mm-hmm. what i mean so it's like you can absolutely fish with minimal stuff and mm-hmm. this is a dude that i fish with a bunch right yeah. it drives me crazy because i go from four graphs on mine <laughs> 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 but that's just being
2: spoiled so. yeah yeah <laughs> well i mean it's all you know whatever works for you yeah you know what i mean so yeah, i mean just you got guys, guys that don't stuff. even they run one graph yeah you know they don't do anything at the front but they put themselves sometimes at a disadvantage sometimes it's an advantage for them so yeah just learn what you got that's right that's right. Yeah.
0: yeah. Any closing stuff anybody other than the usual like comment subscribe uh follow Mike what's your socials
3: M corbishly Bass on Instagram and then Mike corbishly I don't have a fan page I, I'm flirting with the 5000 friend deal but I'm not I don't know that I'll go. <laughs> we're we're going to have to <laughs> we'll get we'll him see. a fan page for uh, no, all of his new fans know. you know <laughs> We'll see no but I, I yeah Instagram and Facebook but um
0: yeah, jump on his Instagram for sure. Yeah. We'll, we'll put everything in the description, yeah. too. Yeah, yeah we'll yeah. Link, link all that.
2: Go and uh, check out the MPFL this year. Mike's yep. going to be fishing it. Um, a lot of good anglers fishing that tournament circuit. They have really good coverage. Uh, I think after the fact they have live coverage, right? Yep. Yeah. They exactly. have live coverage, and then they they put everything, at least last year, on YouTube. So like yeah. multiple hours worth of uh, fishing content. So um, if you're a fair weather fisherman and you don't want to get out on the lake, like go go and watch it. But uh, wish you all the luck
0: this year. Thanks. Hopefully you hammer them when you um, win that big NPFL shield, man. You're you got to come back Dude, and bring that you got to show right it off it right here
3: yeah we'll
2: have a new table yeah, that's we about Thousand that pounds it should be <laughs> able to hold uh the mpfl shield and uh, yeah. so we're looking forward to that definitely
3: awesome. thanks man i appreciate yeah. it yeah you can follow along at tnpfl.com mm-hmm. they'll do live coverage through there fat cat and luke duncan do a great job and uh, there's a new app too it's called the fix app like p-h-y-x it's hard in my head. <laughs> <laughs> P-H-Y-X, yeah, I think it was PHYX Fix yeah. app, and um, yeah, so that you'll be able to stream it through there. And and the cool thing about that app too is like you know like today if you're if you're sitting there uh, watching bass live or whatever mm-hmm. else and you and you kind of close your phone and put it to the side like you can't keep listening you can listen to it while you're oh that's on. sweet whatever awesome. else you can still
2: PHYX do your day job. Yep. Yeah. Okay,
3: yeah. Cool. So yeah, so it's exciting.
2: But, awesome. And
0: man.
3: we'll have five additional cameras this year. there's five on the on the top five and then um they're gonna have five like floating cameras like let's say like someone who's leading aoi or whatever else and they're gonna it'll be a fixed camera like they have on the bass mix right now okay oh okay that'll be cool yeah yeah, so you can follow your certain angler all day long that's awesome awesome. Well, we
0: look forward to seeing you on there i know i know i watched last year you got a camera in the boat and and it was fun to watch you fish so yeah we're looking forward to it man and really appreciate you coming on and it kind of sidetracked from what we were really going to talk about but No, oh, this has been this great. This has been awesome. Yeah. yeah. We yeah. really I, don't
2: know. I, I got I got a lot out of this and I yeah. appreciate it. So if, no, if
0: y'all great. have questions uh, you want to get out to Mike shoot it uh, on our on our socials um send the message we'll we'll get with him and try to get an answer. He is in our our Facebook group and stuff so he may see it too uh, if he has some time but uh, appreciate everybody listening and I uh, yeah. think that's a good place to end this one. Yeah. We yeah, love yeah, to everyone. Appreciate you. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. Oh, oh, God, it's a toad. It's a <laughs> toad, dude.
1: Let's go. I wake up to a little bit of drool on my pillow, feel like it's going to be a bad day.